Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of You, Me and the GP. Today I'm here interviewing Kevin and he's a master butcher and we're going to find out today all about uh, meat, uh, what to speak to your butcher about, the different cuts, the best value, uh, the sauce and how the meat gets slaughtered, the care for the animals. Uh, We're going to go through all of that today and more so stay tuned. We, oh, I would like to introduce Kevin. Kevin, if you'd uh, like to say hello and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, good, good, uh, good, good afternoon, Rich. Good uh, afternoon. As it is, yes. Good, good afternoon. Af- good afternoon to everybody. Uh, my name is Kevin. Um, I've been a butcher for over forty years. Uh, worked in various uh, locations around the country. Been trained by a lot of the best people within. Uh, Great Britain, but I've also um, been fortunate enough in in my experience to be uh, taught by some of the best people uh, out in Holland in the butchery school there, uh, which is in Utrecht. Um, Now, these people uh, on that side of the world, they tend to do a lot more different things where they meet because their lifestyle is a lot different. They tend to go into they, they come home from work, um, they want it quick, and they want to be out enjoying themselves where we, we, we as a nation, we still want to do a, a Sunday roast and traditional things, but uh, that's a way of life. So you've uh, got a lot of experience in butchery, that's why I've got you here today. Yeah. Um, Kevin uh, is a friend and a, a client of mine. How's everything going with your training and food and nutrition? Well, my, 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 my food, my nutrition is uh, is okay. Um, training, I, all right? Uh, yeah, my training is fine. Did yeah, you train this morning. Yes, I've done, I've done my morning schedule. What did you do? Oh, I've done. Uh, I I've, did the session we did the other day. Or did I you do, I did different. I done. I done um, exactly as we done um, on Thursday. But I also added um, uh, some front squash and lunges into it, and yes. some uh, what they call uh, thrusters into yes. it. Yes, yes, excellent. Good so one. I didn't do too many because I found a few creaks in the body. But uh, it was more about getting used to it before I go into it. Yeah, yeah. You good. know, so making sure the form is good rather than pushing yourself. Good man. Okay. You know, and knowing what you're doing. Wise, wise words there, my friend. Yeah. So, tell everybody about the accolades you've bestowed upon you with regards to international honours yeah. and representing different people and yourself, obviously, in the Royal Welsh. Yes, I've. Uh, well, 
I started way back uh, with a small family group which were known as Batemans then, Batemans and Grocers. So, and if anybody can remember Green Shield Stamps. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're going way back. So that's where I started. I actually qualified to be an electrician. Right. Believe it or not. And I came into the, to the food industry as a bet. Right, have you told me the story of this before? Yeah, we, we, we were across the road tickling trout, me and my friends, and a mate of mine said, I bet you can't go over there and get a job. So, of course, being a cheeky sod. Yeah, confidence, uh, full of it. Yeah, you know, as you are, when you're a lot younger, across the road I went, full of muck, <laughs> walked into an office and said to this young lady, excuse me, is there any jobs here? And she laughed, what I remember. And with that, this gentleman come across in a white coat. Now, not knowing at the time that this was actually Mr. Bateman. The main man. The main owner. And, of course, he, he come around and, of course, I must have had a cheeky grin on my face. And, uh, which must have sparked something for the gentleman. And, um, went from there, like lo, lo and behold, he told me to come back. Well, of course, when I went home with my parents, my father wasn't happy because he'd already got me an apprenticeship. I passed the... Uh, the uh, application for the apprenticeship and uh, he wasn't too happy that I was going down another route so that's how I actually come into the food, the food industry but within that location there I, I happened to learn a lot of skills from the old time people you know through cooking, uh, hygiene principles, the value of good food uh, and because things were different as well in them days I suppose uh, and and that's where it took. That's where my journey started. So I and, passion and, and, and led it, you to enter then uh, into things with the Royal Welsh. What have you? What did you win in? Uh, well, I I ended up working for a high street uh, chain of butchers then, which were f famously known called J H Two Worst. Which I I went along and I remember used to go go past these butchers and I used to have a lovely display of meat in the window, and I don't know what it was. There was something about a showman that caught my eye about. Uh, the fascination of how it was all done and at that time uh, I worked for the old co-op in between then uh, working for um, various parts of the co-op group ended up working for which was more or less one of the first big supermarkets that came out there called Leo's yeah um, which was a part of the co-op group and I ventured from there up to because Dewhurst offices were around the corner in Cardiff where I was working at the time and I happened to go in there again as a cheeky person. Yeah. I ended up working for them, being a shop manager down this area. Even though I'm from the valleys myself, I moved down here then in about 1979. And of course, we've uh, with my family, we've set home here. And um, then I went through my career for about 17, 18 years, worked in Smithfield, been very lucky because it was part of the Vestley family. Smithfield is a reputable place with yeah. regards to butchery. Yeah. Yes, and Smithfield College. We had our own colleges as well in between. So you, you were learning very, not like many butchers out there at that particular yeah. time because there was nothing out there. Uh, so you were doing a lot of your apprenticeship work through, through uh, various people with the Worshipful Company of Butchers, etc., the Meat and Livestock Commission, as they were called. Um, they, they would train you, take away, take away farming, uh, agricultural side of it, you know, va various um, things. And, and that's when 
I got my own business. Right. Then I started entering competitions where right. I swear things came into it and I started winning then and going to the Royal Welsh representing, being picked to represent Wales to cut meat in the NEC against England, Scotland and Ireland. Tra- train many a youngster around and there's many butchers uh, you, you know out there working today which have uh, worked for me at some period I know that when I speak to you about butchers you say oh well, I know him and I know him yeah because it's a trade people stay in for a long time well yes and, that's um, right you, you people know each other sort of thing yeah. it, it's it's like everything you either fall in I, I don't know what it is about food it is it's, you you it's a passionate thing because you de- if people would only take the time and trouble to listen, this is where we fall down. Mm. Because something is in a packet, it's not necessarily good, it's convenience. Yes, yes. Well, we're all going down this convenience route, yes. and unfortunately, our health is going to suffer for it. Well, it has, and it does, and that's the result of that you know? is today's sort of show and yeah. trying to that's kind of right. rem- remedy that. So there is an upsurge in people going back to their butchers, there is a lot more. Uh, people uh, shun in the supermarket meat, as it were. So, well, I wanted to go on now. The, the independent, so, sorry, on, no, no, there, uh, Rich, but the, the the actual independent high street butcher, what's left out there? I mean, it, it actually sells more meat na- nationally from the whole Great Britain uh, yes. uh, part of a Great Great Britain. You know, we still do sell a lot of meat out there. Yes. Yes. You know, rather than the packet. They came in up the, the shop of the butchers in the High Street where I live in, go sign in. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, and there's three butchers on that street and um, it's sort of very busy. So, it's yeah. good. People are recognising that. We did another podcast a while back about the source and the quality of the meat we do have here in Wales. Well, that's um, right. We what about lucky. your butcher, personally, yeah. what's the process where you... Buy your meat, as it were. So oh, we, well, we, we kill our own animals. So you rear them? Yes. Uh, we, you've we, got a we, field, you rear yeah, the animals? Yes, they're all traditionally grass-fed. It's all in-house sort of thing. Right? Yes, okay. yes. They're not fed, fed any steroids or anything. It's no, all no, naturally no. processed. Yes. They're well looked after. You yes. know, the animal welfare today, with most people, even though it's an industry... Let's get one thing straight out there. Uh, the farmer does a marvellous job, and I don't think the farmer gets the credit that it should do, really, as somebody making a car. Yeah. You know, let's get that right. Because yes. at the end of the day, the farmer has got to make a profit, yeah. right? But without that profit, that can't father, uh, farmer can't survive. I know we're talking about something different in a minute, mm-hmm. but I, I'm just coming back to the basic functions yes. so we can survive as people because that farmer really at the end of the day he's taking the time and the TLC yeah. to look after all these animals yeah. to nurture them yeah. to make sure they're in tip top health because yeah. don't forget mind the animal welfare and the checks us on us now oh, oh yes, it's yeah. astronomical well I've never met a farmer who it's, hasn't got a nap they love animals they're not they're, yes. they're not people who are there to profit here what I'm trying to try, try, try and say to you yeah. today as well it's easier for a farmer to give up and take the money and run yes yes that, rather than produce a chicken a, a lamb a pig a beef Whatever part of it he's in, yeah. because he's not making money these days. Everything's been cut, 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 money. cut, cut. So the farmers, as you say, very much unsung heroes, and they deserve a lot of credit. Because especially here in Wales, we're lucky we're at the centre of uh, the highest quality 
meat and produce that you can oh, get. So look at how countryside. Yes, it's absolutely so. natural. Great. So you got your meat, obviously. You you you've got your your, your cattle. You've bred, yeah. and is that to come for pork as well and, and things like that? Well, uh, there's not many pork farmers in Great Britain these days. I mean, we do get Welsh pork. We 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 buy from a local gentleman up in uh, Mountain Ash. Right. Yes. Which. Uh, um, I, obviously, I can't name where no, the business. No, no, I can't name where the business is because that's not the that's not the nature of what we're doing here. We are talking about the reason why we are benefiting from nutrition. So you get it from there, but yes. you don't really. But you get right. So when you get the animals, then talk about slaughtering now. Yeah. Compare only the thing I want to really talk about is it comparing the difference between. Perhaps local slaughterhouses uh, that you would use, yes, and maybe um, a big um, mass um, well, big operation. Perhaps I, I, I don't know. Well, you tell me, are there massive I, slaughterhouses I, I, as compared oh, to small ones? Oh yes, there right, are. There yes, it's, it's, there's there's one within thirty five miles of where we live here. Right, and, but and I won't name names. But what what I was going to say, you know, for example, if we take three cattle to the slaughterhouse on Monday. Yeah. When they are actually killed there, there is a vet stood there and he is making sure that that inspection of that an- them three animals are absolutely tip top. Right, okay. And if there's anything is that wrong the same there, no matter how big you are, you've got to be done. Well, they're there, but if you were killing three thousand animals in a day, obviously right. that that's where things creep okay. in, isn't it? Okay, right, okay. You know, it's gonna change a little. And and when they like you said, if you've got one animal in the pen waiting to be killed and the others maybe outside waiting to come in or whatever, that animal is a lot uh, less uh, stressed than an animal who got a queue of another animals behind him because the number well, two in the queue smelling the fear of the, That's one, right. of the one who's under the, the thing at the minute. Well, so, there's something they pick up on. Yes, an instinct. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's something in the air. Yeah. Don't don't act. It's it's to do with pheromones. It is, but yeah, well, uh, what, what the animals give off, yeah. and it's definitely in the air. Yeah, you know, and they can actually sense all that. They know it's coming the, to the when end when they are waiting in the lairages. And then that affects the quality of meat. So generally, it can if, you, if you've got uh, meat that's bought locally and sourced locally and and reared and and all uh, locally, then yeah. you're going to be the quality is just through the roof. Now, I was only in my mum and dad's. This morning I'm yep. talking about meat orders and this, that and the other we get from right. you. One day I will be maybe giving everybody's Kevin's details. Um, not yet ready to no. get business details. No. No. Not just ready for the new business if uh, yet, but maybe one day in the future I'll be giving a bit of a promotion to get people to get meat from Kev. But we were talking about ordering and this, that and the other. and <clears throat> We were talking about the mints that we get from you. Yeah. And... We were talking the difference, just that one ingredient. Everything else is the same for a chili, lasagna, bolognese, yeah. meatballs, all these recipes which uh, my family and I like and lots of people like. It's just phenomenal. The taste is yeah. just through the roof. Now, yeah. tell me the difference between your mints and something that's maybe 10, 12% you know, a value mints well, that you can get. Um, well, the fat quantity to start with. Right. I mean, we we only use, for example, a pure because butchers are small businesses. They are regulated a lot more closer and in detail, believe it or not. Especially since um, 
you know, let, let, oh, yeah, let's, oh, yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah, get the subject yeah, yeah, out all of the, the way. Political stuff and yeah, all the, the we, bad things. We, butchers have had a hard, very hard time over yeah, the ten, beef industry ten, was wiped out. Uh, exactly. Ten. Well, <laughs> at the end of the day, they've had to rebuild, totally. refocus. Obviously, there's been revaluation things which have come into the trading systems, mm. and a part of that is there's new health and hygiene laws. There, there are new, uh, for example, if we buy a cattle from uh, Thomas's farm, yeah. Now that detail has got to be given to the consumer, so we can't just advertise that we are producing our own meat, yeah. Mm. When that animal comes back into our uh, house, if you want to call yes. it that, to be uh, processed to the and then given to the consumer, yeah. all the numbers and the facts must add up yes, yes. before it's allowed. It's like traceability or something. Is the that full right? traceability, right. Yes. yes. But that is there for people to see. Yes. Brilliant. It is not something that's hidden. No. It's no. there. So the quality of you, uh, the, the stuff going into your mince is pretty much steak mince, pretty much. Well, it uh, is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, it is generally a mince, even minced beef is minced steak with us. Yes. But obviously for trading purposes, that is a, is a minced beef. And, you know, you can't have 100% because there will be an element of fat in it, it naturally. It's nice to have that fat. It's natural, yes. Yes. but it's not added fat. No, no, no. It's, no. it's natural. Well, I don't know what it is. I'm not an expert, but I just know no. my instinct tells me when I've had value mince in the past and you've, you've fried it with a bit of onions and, and garlic and whatnot, trying well, to make the base of your yeah. recipe to get started, the smell and the water and everything that comes off it is absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And, and then you put your meat in the pan, it's just like different... Um, well, nothing comes out of it. Nothing comes out of it. No. No. So but what's going there's on no, there? Well, so there, what have they done to that meat well, before they put I, it I, have they soaked it? Have they sprinkled it? Have they I can't minced it with something? Do you know what I'm saying? I, I can't explain that one. Really, right? I don't know the answers. To I know. These I know. I remember you. Does, I know. I remember years ago when we were pushed, uh, and having youngsters, or obviously my fa- they're grown up now. But when when my children were, were young, obviously having a family, um, we were eating mince because it's it's a good source of protein for us which we all need to survive, our body needs it. Um, it's, it's a cheap way of protein, good protein, if it's done correctly. But I remember buying this mince, or, or my wife had bought the mince, and I remember commenting the roof of fat it was giving me on, on the inside of the roof of my yeah, mouth. Yes, and I, yes, remember, I remember that myself, yes, yeah. you know? And I, I vowed that I would never make mince like Harry right. myself. Yes, yes. yes. But i got to be honest, in every establishment that I've worked in, I've never seen anybody adding fat. Or anything. It's always been because a good, stable butcher's business is built off a of mince. It's built off your reputation and your customers coming because back. Because it goes into, into, into burgers. Yeah. And, you know, butchers make a lot of barbecue stuff this, this day and age, like yes. cheese kebabs yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and all that sort of products in the summer. So they want the, the best customers to come back, keep buying oh, and buying yeah. and buying. Yeah. And they noted for it. Yeah. You know? Good. So, similar line then. Um, people like cheap meat, this, that, and the other. Now, people are fans of buying cheap sliced meat, packaged sliced meat. Tell them why they shouldn't do that. Well, <clears throat> the, if, if you, for example, if you like turkey, right? And we, we all like turkey. We all like ham. Hmm. Now, rather than having a piece of gammon, 
for example, and boiling it yourself, which is natural. Now there's a natural salt in there. So if we soaked it, if, if I give you an example, if we, took, if we took a piece of gammon and soaked it overnight, that salt would be in the water. So when we extracted it out of the water and put it in fresh water, it eliminates the salt. So it's coming out of the product, right? Which is there for curing. But gone are the days where we cure like we used to 20 years ago because there again, the law doesn't allow us to do that, right? It says that we can't have meat hanging in a shop. So, and temperature control, obviously. Now, if we buy slices of turkey in a packet and if we buy good valued cooked turkey, the, the, the difference in packets the sodium content in there, if you, if you just pick a packet up and you read our sodium content, is astronomical. Right. Now, it's not benefiting your health at all. And also, it's... It's cheaper... It's, sorry, Rich, no, but if I can get this over, it's cheaper to buy a piece of turkey breast and cook it yourself and cook your, and slice, slice it, it yourself. yourself. That's, it, that's what I was going to say. So the they, elements they, of goodness in your food are far better. The turkey comes in round... Oval and, and all these different oh, forget, forget So that's that. all been pretty much all the bits of turkey minced up, well, formed is. into a reformed it, it, into like it's a process. Like it goes a, through like a machine, joint the turkey, and then, it must, and then as you say, sliced up. So best thing to do: don't buy sliced ham and turkey no. in a packet. Go to the butchers yeah. and either buy the meat and do it cooking and slicing yourself, or get the butcher <laughs> to give you their sliced ham and sliced turkey because sliced right. ham and turkey from the butchers is is good. Stuff. Well, if you've got a good butcher that's uh, doing good traditional ham off the bone, as we call it, yeah which has been cured correctly and, and it's sliced correctly for you with a carving knife, mm. ham off the bone I'm talking now, not cooked ham. Not sliced, like chunks of... Uh, yes. you, you will get some butchers that take yes, the bone yes. out and they put it over the slicer. There's nothing wrong with that as long as, as long as the salt content is not too high in it. Yes. You can ask your butcher, what is the salt content of that product, please? And I should, need to know. You should be able to tell you... Uh, well, if he's a good person and he wants your business, he, yes. he will tell you straight. Great. You, you know, and if he cooks his own and he says he cooks his own, that's what he should do for you. Okay. You know? yeah. Because if you're buying a good product, you are going to tell Mrs. Smith or Mrs. Jones down the road that you bought this lovely piece of meat from your local butcher. Yeah, and that's hence, word of mouth. Yeah, he'll be all queuing up the door. Hence, yeah. better business. Yes. Great. You know? And, and just on that point, we, we have to say this because that was almost a, to be taken for granted at one time in life that the business want to give his customers the best, to, to be the best business, to rise to the top and, and all that sort of stuff. These days it seems that you can churn out a load of crap products yeah. and it doesn't affect your business because that's what yeah. a lot of the supermarkets have got on their shelves. Okay, they don't make some of them themselves, but it's a load of rubbish, but they still stay in business. So yeah. it's um, they kind of almost break that rule. Uh, and I don't know, as you say, it's probably... Uh, along the lines of convenience and things, but that's for another time. I mean, so, let's, 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 wait, while we're talking on a subject of I good, think, yeah. wholesome food, but there now, right? If you take, for example, the good old humble sausage. Yeah. All right? Now, a good butcher sausage, with a good butcher making his own sausage, is probably well known around areas. Yeah. Because that's one thing Through the butchers between, really strive for. Because every butcher is trying to become a a competitor with with a sausage but for example there is nothing wrong with a dinner made out of fresh broccoli right sweet potato and bangers yes okay onions yeah but 
if you put the sauce, the acid test is, is if you put the sausage in a pan, you shouldn't have to put any fats with a sausage. Because it shouldn't be swimming in fats, it should be cooking in its own natural fat and Juices it shouldn't be bursting. Yes. yes. That's the sign of a good sausage. Yeah. You shouldn't have to prick the sausage, it should just cook naturally on its own. Right. And it should increase in size with a butcher's sausage rather than decrease yes. because that's the meat content. It's growing and, and yes. absorbing the, uh, the water there. Brilliant the advice on sausages and it is not an easy thing to get hold of once we're on no. that, that, that subject of sausages. It, they're not easy to get hold of good no. sausages. I know you won awards for your uh, sausages and I won't break any jokes at all that today at all. No, that's right. So <laughs> what about that? Okay, asking a butcher, a couple more things now, five minutes, something like that. Yeah. Ask a butcher to make sure, or most butchers, sorry, would I be right in saying most butchers mature their meat? Yes, 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 without a shadow of doubt. If you were a traditional butcher, which the word traditional means... And a natural butcher, yeah. That's right. You, you, you were traditionally doing your skills. Yeah. So, you were having an animal from the field, taking it to the block, as we, we see it, it in some butcher shops is in the front, unfortunately, because the way things have changed in yeah. modern times... But still, some butchers, if they got a lot of room in the shop, it's out the back because yeah, they cut the no, nobody it? wants to see a, a, a carcass on the block when you Being walk in, and, and, and you want dog. to see no, yeah. it's it's not very yeah. nice. You're happy okay? to see steak, and but if that. he's commonly calling himself a traditional butcher shop rather than a family butcher, yeah, right? There's two differences in my opinion, yeah. and you can look up in a, in a dictionary what traditional and family means. Yes, yeah, you know, just to put it on an even keel. The in in my experience, the meat comes from the field. It then gets slaughtered, or or if if you don't have the, have the access to a slaughterhouse yourself, you're having somebody to do it for you. Yeah, which means that you're still buying carcass meat in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the asset test is. Go into your butcher's shop and say, can I buy a marrow bone, please? And if he can't sell you a marrow bone, he's not selling meat on the bone, is he? Right. That's obvious. So that means he's having it in all pre-prepared or whatever. It's stuff. quite possible. Great tip. Great tip. Okay. So, um, the meat in most butchers is matured. Uh, yeah. That's good. That uh, tenderizes and helps. Uh, I mean, we, we, like, we, we, like to, we like to mature ours for 21 days at least. Mm. You know, it's an aging process. It's like a fine wine, yeah, or a cheese. Yeah. Meat is the same yeah. because obviously it's deteriorating, so it's breaking down natural fibres. Now, on the continent, my experience with meat was now because they don't like meat to sit in a stomach. Yeah, they eat a lot of fruit. So, for example, uh, the first time I ever went out for a meal in Holland was. I had a lovely steak by the side of me, but I was given a bowl of fruit to go with it. And in there was uh, some kiwi fruit, some apples, some pear. And I, I remember asking one of my tutors, what's this for? Because I didn't order it, and I thought it was just given to me because they didn't understand me yes. correctly. And I said, no, when you eat your meat now, you eat the fruit with your meat, and that breaks down Enzymes. the fibres and yes. all that. So it goes through your digestive yes, yes, system yes. a lot quicker. Yeah. So it doesn't sit. So your body inside then yeah. takes the protein value 
and it enriches your body with it. Yes, yes. It, meat is known to be stressful, takes a lot of time to digest. I That's take, right. I take digestive enzymes, and also yeah. food does have natural enzymes in it. Yes. But when you cook it, you kill a lot of those digestive enzymes. That's, so that's right. That's why they mature it in the first place, yes. so the enzymes get to work and tenderize the meat. So yeah. it's a good point that, and yeah. um, it's a good bit of advice. That's why yeah. when you have a steak, usually you want to have it with salad or green vegetables to also maybe do the same job that's as helping right. to digest but the meat. It, quite it was quite different in the balance of like having a, having some fruit and like I've carried that on myself. Mm. Yes, you've done if, that. If yourself, I have a steak, yes. yeah. I just go out and I yeah. have a couple of grapes with it or something. Yeah. Okay. So good tips, good advice. Moving on now to a few of the cuts. Yeah. Um we'll speak about chicken as well a bit. I think you're a bit of uh, turkey, but let's go now. So Kev if you wanted to have a steak, tell yeah. everybody what steak, what part of the, the animal you would have. Well, as opposed to people like the sirloin, the rump, and the yeah. fillet, you yeah. would have a. Well, as been ex- obviously with my experience, be it being in this field to start with. Yeah. Over the years, I remember as as a youngster, fillet steak, fillet steak, and of course, I thought, what's all this fillet steak? Yeah. And to be honest, fillet steak, the reason why it is so tender is that all it does, it lies underneath your, your inside of your body on your rib cages. Okay? So what it does, it protects the inside lining of your body. So it never works at all. So hence, that's why it's soft. Okay? Now, if you go into your butcher, um, personally, my uh, bit of advice would be the back end of what we call the rump, which is near the sirloin end. There's only a very small amount there, <clears throat> and it, it, you you could possibly get two small cuts of the back end of the rump. Rump steak, you normally see this huge piece, yes, yeah, yes, which is cut across and is massive. Yeah, but I've always found that the little back end part some butchers would call it the oyster cut but it's a very there's only two parts of it right there we are so that's a good uh, all right advice. they're very very small you you could ask your butcher it's a very thin end of it so you could ask your butcher to cut it off the back end of the rim yeah. and it's it's natural it's more the sirloin end it is right but it it does go on to the rim you know but also there's the fat end of the chuck yes now it's got a little bit of fat going through it but that piece of meat there to me is more tasteful than say the middle of a sirloin. Yeah. Yeah. And I defy anybody to, um, to cook a piece and and tell me it's not. And the rationale behind Kevin's statements here is the fact that these are the best animals, they've been well looked after. Yeah. And a lot traditionally the fillet is perhaps top of the tree and then the sirloin and the rump, etc. Right. And then the bottom yeah. of the pile would be casserole steak and new shoulder new chuck and stuff well if you've got a good animal yeah all of it is pretty good well, it's up on the quality to compared to a crappy animal it, uh, with a fillet off a crappy well, animal well it is but if if the chuck is into your shoulder mm. okay 
So obviously, being on your shoulders, you're working quite hard. Yes, it's a tougher, naturally it's yeah, tougher. Yeah, so the fibres and the meat are naturally tougher. Mm. But as it comes thinner into the rib, mm. right, this is where we would take the ribeye steak, as it was called. Yes, yeah, so it's not far from ribeye. No, no, the little back end of it, it's a narrow piece where yeah. the, the set of ribs of beef come off, yeah. right? And there's, oh, you could only get two to three steaks off this part. Yeah. Yeah. It's right at the back end of the chuck. It's not the wide end. And there's a, a, there's a seam of fat which runs through it. You can cook it with the fat in and then just take the fat off. Yes, yes. You know, which is natural. Brilliant. It's been cooked in its natural juices. Brilliant. So there's some good uh, things to speak to your butcher about and get those sorts of things. We've spoken about a bit of minced beef and casserole steak, diced beef. These are the cheaper things. Yeah. Fillet steak, as we said, sirloin and, and rump are the more expensive. What about, obviously, I get burgers off you. I love yeah. a burger once a week or something like that. Now, yeah. instead of going, I, you know, I've brought that on junk food. I, I, I love all junk food, unfortunately. Don't we all? But, <laughs> yeah, um, I try not to have Mackey D's and things like that anymore. No. But... I cook my own little burger, so I get the yeah. burgers, and, and you recommend if you go to your butcher, get the, yeah. it's, it's a good quality piece of meat, a, a burger. and uh, yeah. Well, if he's making burgers correctly, they, they, you know, yeah. they swell. That mine grow, and they like... They, they like, don't they, shrink. No, they're stunning. They but it's like, it's, like, it's like having a roast, yeah. a roast in your mouth as yeah, well. Yeah, it is. It's like a little yeah. steak, it is. But, like, you, you talk about... I don't know, because I work with it, obviously, I understand the goodness of the animal. Like even with the chicken, everybody goes for breasts and this yes. and that and the other, right? I don't. I always go for the thigh. Yeah, my, my friend, another friend of mine, no. butcher, always goes for the thigh. I always go for the thigh or I go for the wing tip. What yes. we call the wing tip. Yes. Because that oyster piece of meat in there, oh, it's so, it's so, it's so succulent. Yeah. You, it's a lot of work. You've got to strip yeah. the bone yeah. away, and but if you extract Brilliant. that piece of meat yeah. out of that chicken, it's the most it's the most tenderest piece on the chicken. So that's something I didn't have on my notes there. Chicken wings is a fantastic yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. Ton yeah. of those off the um, yeah. butcher, and they cheap, for, and they're really cheap. You get a ton of those cheap, and uh, you can keep those in the freezer or whatever. And, and there's lots of recipes you can do with chicken wings, chicken thighs. Uh, Turkey mince, finally, I think we're more or less now a couple of minutes from the end. Turkey mince, yeah. again, something healthier option, slightly, you, I know, you, what's your favourite recipe with turkey mince, tell everybody. Oh, turkey mince, I do turkey mince, um, and I put, instead of potato with it, I put sweet potato with it, and... Like I a shepherd's pie. Yeah, like a shepherd's pie, but with turkey mince. Beautiful, beautiful. You, you know. Stuff like that, we can, we can, and if... The butcher doesn't have turkey mince. Get him to mince some turkey for yeah, you. And I'm that's again pretty cheap. Well, that's and right. And a, a better option as opposed to like say chicken breast, which I know can be ridiculous in price. Uh, you know, sometimes three chicken breasts, like yeah. seven, eight, nine pounds, stuff like that. Yeah. So um, if we can speak about the chicken, if we can get British, that's British, ideal. Yeah. yeah. Because the standards, the regulations, etc., are a lot better. Yes. Free range is a bit better again. Yeah. Obviously, the cost of it is going to be more, but um, <laughs> you know, it, you're talking about foreign poultry now, or yeah, that was my next question. People should ask their butcher where the, the, ch the chicken comes from. And you know, tell me about what's if, the problem with foreign poultry. Well, if, for example, if you eat a packet of crisps. There's less fat in the packet of crisps than there is in the chicken. Right. 
which is unbelievable. So uh, there's a higher fat content in, yep. in, in these uh, mass-produced, yep. imported, potentially chickens that have been given growth-boosting yeah, hormones. hormones, for yep. example, stuff like that. So try to keep your chicken and your beef and your pork, everything uh, you like. As lamb, natural as you can. Uh, Welsh, uh, British... That's the best. Uh, we've established that through the podcast with the Dr. Delana Davis and obviously here with Kevin. The quality and the quality. natural resources and the natural environment we've got here is, is very good for uh, produce and, and uh, for meat and poultry. So that's the general gist of it, guys. Some good nuggets of advice in there, but the general gist of it is buy British, buy local, and that's, uh, yeah, that's about it. So. Yeah. Um, anything else from you, Kev? I, I mean, I, yes, no, no, no. As as long as people will take notice of that, you, you know, not everybody. Sometimes I haven't got enough money to go and buy a free range chicken, but you can buy a British chicken. Yeah, or you can yeah. get some turkey mince. You know, or, look, or, look for the signs. Yeah, yeah, free range chicken. You know, a, li- a little bit of time and trouble over your, over your food, spe- yeah. especially if you've got family with young children, because yes. things are getting, you know, I would say things are getting a bit. Tight out there. Uh, tight out there. Yes. So, you, you know, for good nutrition, good values, you, yep. you know, as we spoke about. Well, the price there. in the butchers with us is, is cheaper than the supermarket, I can tell well, you. Well, that's that right. And, and the yeah. quality is up there. Not, as I say, that I, I go there much uh, no. with you supply me, but they, 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 they're not expensive. These just, people are, are very just, competitive. Just go to the butcher, yeah. e- even if you're not used to going to the butcher, just go out there and give him a try for a month. Mm. You, you know, and find out where he's getting his meat yeah. from. If you're not happy, yes. just change. Yeah, great. Uh, Sixty seconds. Couple of housekeeping things. Thank you to Kevin uh, for coming on. It's okay, really, it's uh, no helpful problem. to us all, uh, the listeners. Yeah. That they we're just trying to help people really and, and plug in a few of the gaps, get some stuff from the horse's mouth, as it were. So thanks for that. Just wanted to say thank you to everybody continuing to leave some fantastic reviews on iTunes and uh, uh, comments on the blog. Thanks for that. Keep sharing it with your friends and family and on your little networks. The competition is ongoing. We're going to be giving away the access to the detox course uh, with some supplements to go along with it at the end of January for that. And we're going to be ongoing doing that once a month. We've decided to promote and encourage people to leave comments and to share the podcast. We're going to be doing it once a month, choosing somebody to win uh, the detox course and uh, a few supplements to, to get them going on that. So thank you for that. Thank you for all your help. As I've said before, this podcast keeps going because it keeps growing. We were up to number two on iTunes last week and up number three and four the last few days when I've checked. So thank you. Keep uh, listening and, and keep sharing what we're doing with other people. Diolch and thank you very much. Bye from me, Rich Clark. And bye from me, Kevin. Thank you, guys. Bye. You, Me and the GP Radio Show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk.